Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski. I'll be your host as always. And today we are joined by a very special man, Ed O'Keefe. Now, what I love about Ed most is he is a no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is kind of guy who also loves to work hard, take care of his family, and knows how to have fun. I first met Ed when he was speaking on stage at an event a mentor of mine, Lloyd Irvin, was putting on. One of the things I enjoyed most from Ed's talk was how well he explained his approach and how it all works together. It was very straightforward, easy to follow, and practical, and it was also brilliant information which really had an impact on me and my business. In fact, months later at Lloyd's birthday party, I really enjoyed it when I had a chance to talk with him a little more. Um, and all I can say is Ed really gets direct response marketing inside and out, on and off stage. He's just a great guy to know. Um, he comes from a huge family, like a, like a huge family, and has seven children himself, all under 10 years old. Um, Ed is an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, and most importantly for you guys listening on this call, Ed has gone from being dead broke to cracking the code of starting and taking multiple businesses from zero to multiple seven and even eight-figure profits. He's the creator and founder of top-selling brands such as Inspired Wear, Marine D3, where he sold over half a million bottles, as well as strategic consulting products that help motivated entrepreneurs, showing them how to take their idea to market and scale them using multiple media channels. If you didn't know Ed before now, all you need to know is you're about to listen in on some words of wisdom from a very heavy hitter and a self-made man. So please give him your full respect and attention. Ed, thank you so much for your time. How you doing, my friend? Uh, hey, Daryl. Hi, everybody. That was an uh, overly generous uh, intro, so I appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome, man. You, you deserve <laughs> and I do remember, I do remember hanging out at the, bur- at the party together, and <laughs> I, I have to tell all your listeners, if they have not seen you dance, they need to... Uh, <laughs> Make make uh, time for that, you know. Thanks. So <laughs> that could be good or bad, but whatever. I don't care. I just do the. Yeah, thing. it's all po- it's all positive, man. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen you since we've had a chance to talk. Um, you know, I know a bit about your background, your story, but maybe can you share with your listeners, like, how did you? How did you even first find out about marketing? Like, did you come from a family that has a business background or? Yeah, so no, none of that. We I grew up in a blue collar family from the south side of Chicago. Great great area, fantastic family. Um, you know, I like to say my dad worked 40 hour 40 hours a week, so he had the opportunity to work another 20 uh at time and a half and um 
you know, for us growing up, it was kind of laid out for us where we were going to grow up, go through high school, go into the union and become an electrician or engineer or something along those lines, you know, and mm. for some reason, I mean, I, I've never been good at utilizing my hands for, uh, for like, you know, carpentry, anything like that. And my mom always joked with me saying, even to this day, it was pretty funny. Like, you know, I'm 39 now. I turned 40 shortly and I have seven children. We're married. We have, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're doing very well. Our life is very abundant in, in, um, in just so many ways, uh, that uh, it's very, we're very blessed. I mean, you know, but we've worked hard for it, right? The same, same thing. So, um, and, um, and I still am not handy. <laughs> so, so that has, has one thing that has not changed. And, uh, I mean, I'll tell you a funny, this is kind of a side thing, but I, I always like change. Like I, I do a few, I do interviews, so I, I hate telling the same story over again. So this is actually a recent one, which is like last night it's uh, I'm sitting down to watch game of Thrones. It's Sunday night. I, the last thing I want to do is anything but watch game of Thrones. And my three and a half year old is like, what is that beeping daddy? And I hear my wife out of the kitchen. She's like, that's the battery of the fire alarm that your dad has to still fix. And, and I was like, I know. And I was like, after Game of Thrones, because, you know, it's just it's just kind of where we go. So anyhow, um, um, yeah. And uh, so anyhow, um, I, you know, I came from an awesome family. I, I was fortunate. I uh, went to a great high school. was fortunate enough to pick up volleyball uh, around my sophomore year in high school after getting cut from the A-team of baseball. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. transition into volleyball. And um Went away, played uh, four years of volleyball, uh, got my nursing degree. And, you know, something that that happened, I think this is really common with most people who follow the path of uh, personal development or success or marketing, entrepreneurship, or just even living a positive life where they're at, whether it's, you know, in their own career, mm-hmm. um, is they come across some kind of uh, audio tapes or books that transform their lives. And for me, that was the beginning of, I remember Chicken Soup for the Soul was famous and mm-hmm. Um, I saw a couple motivational speakers and it was in that I went into my coaches. I noticed it, like my eyes were open and I noticed in my, my volleyball coaches, um, office, he had psychology of winning by Dennis Waitley and he had lead the field by Earl Nightingale. And I asked to borrow those. Well, I still have those audio tapes today. So that borrow uh, became into owning, I guess. Um, but that was the first time I ever was told, even though I was Growing up, I grew up in a very positive family where my parents were encouraging. My siblings were awesome. My coaches were all great. But it was the first time I ever was told that you can go out and create the life that you want and you can go do what you want and that um, we live in a land of freedom. And, and I would say, like, now we live in a world of freedom for, for most of the population, and it's only going to get better Mm-hmm. Um, despite all the other things that are like bad, if you watch CNN and the news, be, beside all, despite all that, the abundance of, of opportunity is just exploding. But at that time, you know, you got to remember I was only 22 mm-hmm. and I was, you know, very collegial going through the, uh, the, uh, nursing clinicals and stuff. And, but there was a part of me that was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And so, so when I graduated college, I had already told my professors, even though they didn't listen to me. And I came home and said, I'm not going into this. And so I, I thought at the time I was going to be a motivational speaker, uh, which I did actually, I just didn't do a good job of it. And, um, 
I was broke, you know, for about four and a half years there, man. It was a very long, arduous grind of trying different things, bouncing in, doubting myself, reconnecting uh, to myself. You know, like it was just very, um, you know, our T-shirt company, Inspired Wear, that we're, launched, we're launching now, uh, one of my T-shirts, and you'd appreciate this, most high-level athletes get it instantly, is, uh, you know, I have a, just a simple T-shirt that says grind. And on the back of it, it says, um, you know, don't expect people to uh, understand your grind when God didn't give them your vision. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I right? I like that. And, um, yeah, and so something I might kind of a little mini mission is to redefine what grind means. And uh, if you look in the dictionary, it talks about how grind is uh, the process of destructing something into dust. And our society has adopted that language to apply it to what they do on a daily basis that they don't want to be doing or that's arduous. But when you're around winners, especially, as you know, being around high-level athletes, grind means something completely different. Mm -hmm. And it's the process from going from where you are to where you want to be in an unconventional manner uh, that separates you from uh, uh, others in an uncommon or non-traditional manner. And, um, you know, another way of putting it is it's, it's the path to greatness, right? Right. And so that, that four and a half years was my first really arduous, on my own, independent, trying to figure the world out, uh, dealing with all the emotional states and, and challenges that come with trying to figure it out. And I don't say that in like a uh, sad way, by the way, because some people like going the opposite way. I'm saying that it was just part of the, uh, part, part you know, of the, the golf. Yeah, part of the process, right? And so it wasn't until about four and a half years that I kind of I, I came across uh, actual marketing uh, people that had advised me to check out Dan Kennedy and check out Corey Rudel. And then I stumbled. You know, next thing you know, I started learning about Internet marketing. I started making a little bit of money. And then I transitioned into uh, teaching dentists how to grow their dental practices Um and that was the beginning of under of of my, that was like the first time I started actually having money in my pocket. First time I had like the aha, like you know, there's a direct correlation for my ability to the better I do at learning marketing and copywriting and and, and those skill sets, mm -hmm. which I still study today at a very granular level, you know, and still breaking out things. And like yesterday was a Sunday. And I listened to probably six hours of a seminar while driving kids around on, on one and a half times speed. And there were so many nuggets in that seminar. So like, you know, that was nice. So I started this process, you know, I'm 39 now. So whatever, 17 years ago, and I'm still doing it today. And I love it. I think mm -hmm. that your listeners, if they're in that space, good for them. That's what we're, you know, and uh, so that's kind of like the, you know, the, the little mini background. I transitioned out of Dennis Profits, started a health company. A health supplement business. We've sold over fifty million dollars worth of sales in the last uh, six and a half years. That's awesome. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, our best year was twenty-eight million. Um, and now I, I have that health business. I have a. Uh, uh, I hate saying the word consulting model because it's not. We have an, a mentoring slash uh, seminar business that teaches people in the health uh, performance supplement and product market how to take their idea to market and scale it mm -hmm. for seven, eight figures. And then the other thing we have just, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking is I, we're, we launch in the inspired wear company, which the goal is to have is to have 1% of the world population to wear inspired wear to, uh, raise the level of consciousness and create a, uh, 
just really inspiring, you know, give people an opportunity to put stuff on their shirts daily that makes them feel amazing and reinforces their identity and where they want to be in life. That's kind of what's driving us today. That's awesome. That's a really good mission too, because I think that that's a huge, um, that's a huge obstacle in a lot of people's ways. A lot of people get in their own way. A mindset's a huge part of it. It's not everything. I, I, I'm not a big fan of people that think affirmation is, you know, if I just repeat this over and over and over, you know, I've, uh, yeah, I feel like there's a, it's, it's, well, think and grow rich. You know, there's 13 principles, not just one. But I think that's a that's a really good mission. One to just clothe people, one <laughs> percent of the population, but to get that out there to raise the consciousness. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is that you know, I, I hate leading with like raise this level of consciousness, guys. Sound a little more wing dyerish. But the reason I started, uh, which is not a bad thing, but the reason I started Inspired Wear, honestly, bro, was because I was sick of going into my um, my dresser drawer. And pulling out people's logos and putting logos on my my chest, right? You know, where I was like, what What's the mindset stuff that I want? You know, so like I, I created shirts that like, and if you look at the behavioral change uh, domino effect, identity is where things begin. Mm. So if I shift and I believe I'm a world champion, I will behave like a world champion. I will adopt the belief systems of that. So when I say like uh, unreal, like and like we have some really cool shirts, you know, it's like um, so I want to create, you know, like, you know, how GoPro, they created cameras for their surfboards so they could catch what they were doing. I want to create a business that was not for anybody but me and my family. Mm-hmm. And so since I have a wife that covers the females, since I have all these kids, <laughs> it covers the kids. And then since I'm a coach, I have athletes and, and you know, so I, I, I have a long reach. But, but it's like um, when I hear things or see things, like, you know, like in, in CrossFit, what do you say to people that are suffering across from you when they're trying to breathe? And you say, you, you got this. Yep. So we, one of our best-selling T-shirts is, a, is a, just a simple purple with white um, faded lettering that just says, you got this, that ch- women love, you know. Mm. Um, Be Yourself is another, is another pink one that women love and girls love. And on the back, it says they will nod with approval when you conform, but shake their heads in dis- disbelief when your your true self shines through. So um, that's stuff that, like, you know, it's an internal affirmation, but it also sends to the, the people around you, like, this is a different messaging that that is different than what you see elsewhere. And I am that person. Right. So. Mm. So, I mean, that's. That's, I mean, I, I love, I can talk about this stuff all day, but I'll flip it back to you for well, No, 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 but no, it's fine. It's totally fine. Because here's the thing is, like you said, you wanted to wear clothing that inspired you to, to improve your identity and, and make your family healthier, happier, healthier, and even the people you coach and just have that impact on others. And that's even this whole podcast. I don't know if you're aware or not, but this podcast has the mission to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners because I love it. Businesses solve problems for people. You know, Gary um, Gary Benzavenga says that. You know that. You know he defines a market as a problem. A lot of people think a market is an age group or you know demographic or psychographics. Like it's not. It's a problem. That's what it, your market is. Markets. Uh, problems are markets. So I want to help make a difference in the world. And you know, with your own business, you can help a few. Every business needs a few hundred customers at least to kind of stay afloat, especially over the long term. But if you're helping businesses, now you can affect thousands and tens of thousands of people so i know i think it's a great mission and it, it definitely i mean people 
What is uh, Michelangelo? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the quote, but I think Michelangelo has a quote where you know the greatest threat to humanity is or to a man is not setting a goal and failing to achieve it. It's setting a goal and, and hitting it or something like that. It's like you know it's just setting your goals too low that you don't really push yourself to strive to become more and be better. So um, yeah, and you know what? <clears throat> Let me add to that real quick. So that marketing principle behind it too is that I, I only want to start businesses that and 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 grow brands of things that I personally am ridiculously passionate about. Mm. And the the reason is man is cuz you know um the typical marketing formula is find a hungry market, find out what they want and then give it to them. And I think that's right and I think that's a great bulletproof system. But I think we're in a time that social media and and globalization and technology and the ability to crowdsource things means that why would you ever do stuff that isn't congruent with your spirit and who you are at a core level mm. why go on a mission that you're not willing to you know i don't say give your life for but i guess in some ways yeah. why, why why do that like yeah. why waste your freaking time yeah it, because now you can. Yep. And so like, you know, I was sharing with a uh, young group of uh, inner city kids, like you have the same exact um, resources that everyone else does. You have Amazon.com, you got YouTube, you got Facebook, you got social media, and you have the ability of getting, you know, yep. of um, doing it. And so does everybody who's listening to this. So you know, I, something I was really conflicted with in our health supplement business, we have phenomenal products that I take daily. You know, I have my routine. I take our three top omega-3s with super antioxidants, and I take our probiotic. That's the four products I take mm. daily. Those, those are all our best sellers. And we were selling them primarily to the baby boomer crowd in a way that um, is more sphere-based. You know, it's like, you know, are you, are you like kind of a – you know, do you have high blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. And, um, that's cool. Like, that's cool. I mean, that, that works, but it's not the 40 to, it's not the 35 to 55 year old male Mm. who is, uh, actively trying to feel better energy and, you know, keep his muscle at a certain level and, or the female who's getting up and working out and maybe they have blood pressure, but I want to speak more to my own demographic. And, and, you know, I got great advice from a good friend of mine, Mark Jenny, and um, he got it from a guy who's, I think, Paul Graham, who's the guy, Y Combinator. I might be butchering that a little bit. But anyhow, the um, but I was already on to this advice but because I got it, but this just reaffirmed it. And I, like, I intuitively started to get this, Daryl, okay. which was, why go try and figure out a market that you don't know? Why not just sell to yourself? because there's millions of people like you out there. And if you start looking at what's so beautiful about, I think, um, our time and age is that the fact that gluten products and dairy and uh, sugar and all these things, like, listen, I'm not perfect. I believe in the 80-20 rule, 90-10 rule, which is if I eat clean 80%, the other 20 kind of takes care of itself and I train, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a pro athlete, so I'm not worried about that next level but when you look at just freaking obesity going crazy and you look at the diseases that are popping up the fact of the matter is is that 
um, if people just cleaned up their diet 80%, they would have massive transformation, right? Right. So what, where I was, I, I'm not going to go off on a tangent on that. What I, <laughs> what I was trying to get at was that you now have a population and a generation that is starting to understand that, hey, uh, I like – uh, the idea to, to lose weight and to feel great and to be a badass, you need to actually train. Like you, Spartan is popular. Mm. Um, American Ninja is popular. Mm. Um, you know, it's even cooler about entrepreneurs. Shark Tank is ridiculously popular. Yep. Well, why are those things? CrossFit obviously is boomingly popular. You know, yep. UFC exploded, right? You know, why are these things? Zumba, Beachbody, all those. Po- you know why it's positive? Is because it's raising the mindset of consciousness that. You, you can't be a lazy piece of crap and expect to get great results. Right. And I think that is such a truth that is so true for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Like, like the buddies I hang out with now, nobody brags about the shit they didn't do. They talk about all the awesome things they're creating. Yeah. And so the whole island lifestyle, sitting on a hammock and like sipping margaritas – That'll be cool for about two days, yep. you know, and there's a time and place for everything. But, um, you know, I mean, I can go off. You know, I, I talked to my wife about this this weekend. I'll tell you, because we have seven kids. We, we get invited to, like, all the graduation parties, all the things, all the neighborhood things. We have more obligations. And anytime you do stuff, I, no, but this is, a, this is an interesting quote because it's going to be in, in my book about um, one of the key traps. Anytime you're doing stuff out of obligation, you end up, those end up being your worst decisions. Right. Mm, And, and I said, I need, we need to reevaluate how we schedule our weekends because I need to be around people doing things that are inspiring, Mm. even if it's, so that might mean we're stopping in and we're leaving, but I'm not sitting there for fucking, sorry, you can edit that out. Like we're not sitting there for six hours to talk about the same shit we're going to talk about one year from now and then the same stuff we talked about a year before. Yeah. I have I have too many visions and missions in my brain and um, I want to be stimulated and I want to be around. You know, there is a Orion Mountain Dreamer uh, wrote that great poem. Yeah, called, yeah, uh, uh, The Invitation. I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just gorgeous. It's about, you know, I, I don't tell me about your hopes and dreams and what you're biggest, you know, thing that you're kind of like that thing is like, maybe that is a question we ask people like, what are you willing to create that you're willing to die for because everything underneath that is probably just a, uh, is a hope and a dream. And you're hoping one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be wealthier than you were the year before the 10 years prior. But why is your results in 10 years going to be different than the current results you've gotten right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. And that's, I think, a good topic because I think some people, why they might even listen into this call and stuff like this is because they're surrounded with those people that are going to be having the same conversation six years from now. And so they have to come to us to tap into that, to get connected to people who are, you know, that, like you said, that want to create, that want to just pursue our passions and make the world a better place in the in, in the process so i think that that's really important and this weekend i just went and i did a, a mud run it was awesome nice great great friends oh it was a blast like covered in mud head to toe six kilometers 16 obstacles like there was like a full i'm in canada right now so kilometers so it's like what 1.6 kilometers is a mile so anyways but like a whole almost a full mile was like shoulder deep mud like just bog after bog and it was hilarious though so much fun and the people i went with are great people they're great friends but after they 
wanted to go for dinner and stuff. And I just, I had like, I had to, to go almost like you said, like, Hey, I stopped in, we did the mud run. I appreciate, I value you guys. You guys are great people, great friends, but I don't want to go sit at a, you know, at a diner and hang out and talk about politics and the weather. I got, I got stuff to do. You know, I got this podcast I'm doing, I got other stuff. So it's just almost like you were saying how you structure and organize your lives. I mean, you don't have to be rude, but at the same time you have to respect yourself and your own wants and needs because you only have one life too, right? Yep. So absolutely. So, Ed, what were some of the biggest like you've? So, I mean, some of this is old hat for you. I mean, this isn't your first interview. You've done a ton of them. You know, you've helped so many businesses and entrepreneurs in that. Do you feel that there's like key sticking points? Like, what are the, kind of the milestones when you're helping someone go from like a new business to eight figures? Like, do you, you already know some of the things they're going to get tripped up on, and what are they? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely like most guys, uh, I, I mean, well, purely from a business perspective, you have to look at, uh, your, your, your new acquisition. How are you getting customers into the business mm-hmm. and, and where are you at from a break even to profitability to, and then you with the one thing that you got to look at too, is you got to go net you have to really go to the net refunds rates, you know, so Mm -hmm. everything looks good on day zero, but where are we at at net 30 after refunds come in, fees come in. And then something I didn't do for a really long time, Daryl, that I think um, is, is lack of uh, being really being aware and, and really only learning from quote unquote marketing guys or direct response marketing guys is the focus is so much on the marketing that we forget that, in business, you have you have two sides of the fence. You have the profit and loss statement. You have to actually, and I, all this shit for me was self-taught. So I had to go learn. Like I didn't, you know, I, I didn't create it, but I mean, I had to go seek out mentors, read the books, just like yourself, just like everybody else. And then probably when you went to college, uh, even if you did get your MBA, there's a big difference between concepts and application. So um, when you're looking to scale. The, this, the speed of movement of going from, you know, acquisition to um, ascension is, is very, very critical. Like, so are, is my customers buying my prop, product number one, number two, number three? Um, I'll tell everyone a quick story that, you know, there, there's the, the old story about, like, you know, a dry cleaner. Once you go to a dry cleaner four times, They've got you, you will – they got you. And so – the question is, how do you create an experience for your customers that they, they have it pattern going to you, mm-hmm. right? Like um, uh, Inspired Wear, for example, we're, we are giving away – we are giving away – my goal is to give away 10,000 T-shirts. And, awesome. and the way we're doing it is to have people refer five friends who enter the contest to win one T-shirt – once you win one, or you can be in the contest, everyone go in the contest, and we're going to give money credits to everybody anyway. They just don't, maybe we need to promote that, maybe not. Um, but once you send five friends who enter their name and email, you automatically get a T-shirt, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus what's even better, buddy, you get $15 credit to our store. Right. And then when you, if you refer 10, you get more money. And if you refer 30, 50, it goes all the way up to where you can win two T-shirts. Plus... Uh, uh, $70 credit. We may actually lower that a little bit. I'm trying to think through the logistics of 70 bucks. I think you could buy a whole village, uh, clothing for, but, 
But my my belief system is is I bet you if I went into like you're a guy who works out, if I went into your drawer at your house, I would guarantee uh, there's probably 16, 20 t-shirts that you bought and picked up at different martial arts place, different different CrossFit stuff, your mud runner stuff. And people buy clothing. They love it. And so my only focus in the first 90 days of a customer is how many times do I get them to come back to our store and take an action? It doesn't even have to be totally profitable. But I want them to like the experience when they're with me. Right. and, and that's the most important thing is, so, so that's one thing. I, I think if you go one step first back is that um, I, I'm way more concerned or more, I should say, focused because concerned isn't, I get concerned if this doesn't match with people. I'm way more interested in where their strengths lie as a person, as a human being, mm-hmm. and where their natural instincts are driving them mm-hmm. be- because I would rather than re-engineer their business around that skill set and have a high six-figure business that is right within their sweep spot, then try to force them to go to eight figures and have them do a bunch of things that, that, that eventually get out of their control. Right. And have them hating life, you know? Yeah. There, there's no, there, you know, I've gone through this, right? So there really isn't gold at the end of the rainbow. If that rainbow is filled with um, doing incongruent things that that you think it's going to get greener on the other side, um, and you know, there's something I talk a lot about. I have this uh, uh, one of my articles on my my website. The uh, it's uh, edokeefshow.com is um, the Ed's disaster story, and I share my how I lost like a quarter million dollars in about eight weeks in the health supplement business. Mm. Yeah, and it didn't happen in that small. Like, it, I, I literally lost about one hundred twenty-five thousand, but the end up end up damages turned out to be like around a quarter million when I was done. And it was it was when my 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 goal to scale, I put my trust in too many of the wrong strategic relationships. And, and one of the things that I teach people is that if those strategic relationships aren't fully aligned with your best interest, so your success creates their success. Not your, not your, um, your busyness or your, your um, transactions. Okay. Like so, a merchant account makes a merchant account makes money whether or not you are profitable or not. Okay. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Maybe. So they really don't care how pro- they don't care how profitable you are. A f- super affiliates, people who might send you traffic, is there as long as your EPCs, earnings per click for them, is good, they will promote you. Right. They don't care. They don't care about your balance sheet. And so something I teach a lot of my guys is that as you're scaling, if you start going to these other things, you really have to understand where your numbers need to be before you try and scale. Hmm. Um, and so, so now what we teach is there's five models in the health, health supplement product, and I call the human performance business because I think we're all in human performance. And I think there's guys like, uh, the guy at Bulletproof coffee. There's, there's guys like you, you know, who are helping people with human performance who, who very well should have maybe other products that you're not thinking of Mm -hmm. that, that, that are, that you would sell to yourself. Well, you know, your audience probably wants it as well. So you should learn the model of where do you source it? Where's the margins at? How do I get into that business? And those businesses then can lead to another. And I'm going to share an advanced strategy right now. 
that is something we are focused on very, very heavily. And so if you're listening to this, please write this down or make special note of it. Mm -hmm. The power in doing that, the power in doing that versus just sending people to other affiliate offers is that you can identify a parallel business that you can totally automate. And what I mean by that is, so I'm coaching a guy who's a uh, world-renowned um, fitness expert. Um, his name's Tom. He's, he's on covers of, like, Iron Man and uh, all these, like, muscle and fitness. And he's he's uh, been a, you know, pro athlete, pro bodybuilder, and pro cover model, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got, a, he's got a really unique method of teaching people how to lower inflammation in their body and eat organically but and eat clean. My wife's on it right now because she has a thyroid issue, and so did his wife. So we, him and I connected, and she's feeling amazing. Like her life is my – my wife has literally lost like seven pounds, which she didn't need to lose weight. Right. But she couldn't, you know, she couldn't get, get, but, you know, she was carrying all this inflammation, man. Right. And by eating clean, her body's like just, just tightening up in like a great way <laughs> that, um, we should be having more sex, but we're just, you know, we're both exhausted. You're, and you're almost afraid you have so many kids already. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's comical. Yeah. I'll tell her about this interview. Um, <laughs> but, but what's funny about it is, um, is, um, Something him and I are talking a lot about is like, okay, um, it's the social media day and age. So for him to get eight to eight figures in his business may actually take us three years, okay. right? I could show him the pathway to get there within uh, – God, I mean I could show him the formula to get there within six to 12 months. Right. But the healthy, long, intelligent – nurturing way to grow a raving fan base and to ensure we're doing it properly may take two to three years. Right. Mm. And it, and it might not, I mean, it, it may, it was social media. The opposite can happen is every product we have may just sell right out. Right. Right. But, but I don't want to push people to get to a number because they feel that number will, will make them whole or make them better than they are today. I'd rather them say like, I was listening to another guy who um, I'm going to reach out to. He did a great podcast for the, uh, the guys at um, oh god, that'll come to me in a second. They're uh, they, they're they're big in the CrossFit and like lifting market. Um, Barbell Shrug. Barbell Shrug. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know him personally? No, 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 no. I just oh, okay. I'm, you know I'm, what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'm a Rich Froning fanatic. Any if you've won the games so many times, you must know something I don't know. So I know because <laughs> I've I've watched the Rich Froning interviews. That's how I know Barbell Shrug. So. <laughs> Yeah, so those guys interviewed a uh, the, uh, the 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 guy from I think L.A. CrossFit or whatever, and I just really like I listen to that. I listen to Tim Ferriss' podcast. I'm gonna start listening to your podcast, Daryl, because um, I love this this conversation. And uh, I can tell you, you're just you're just killing it with your your guys you're interviewing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, for sure, man. And I mean, you've helped guys like John and stuff, so you're doing great stuff. Um, the 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 secret, man, is that. Um, I was, you know, I, I mentor, as you know, I'm around a lot of high level pro athletes and, and I mentor a lot of them, uh, kind of by osmosis where, you know, we kind of coincidentally, they'll call me when they have certain issues or they'll be asking me kind of more like life and mentoring questions. Even though I did write a book on mental toughness in my twenties, um, that's usually not where they need the most help. What I found with high performers 
less is actually what they need almost almost every time. Really? Yeah, because usually they already know how to do it. It's not it's it's like why am I struggling in my training? Well, what's going on and uh, the blah blah blah. It's just blah blah blah. And it's like I'm just more when have you felt at your best? what is not there, what rules or values are you getting conflicted? I don't ask them that specific. I have different questions that I ask them, and I listen to their language, and then I just try and help. I don't try. I, I help them realign things so that the friction is removed. Does that make sense? Kind of. What do you mean by the friction? All right, all right. I'll give you a specific example. Most people have false perceptions of what's supposed to be happening mm. because because maybe nine years ago when I was 23 my body was capable of doing stuff now that I'm 29 it's not right so I I was able to recover I was able to train six and a half hours I was able to wipe the floor of everybody well when you're 32 I mean when you talk to Randy Couture when I met Randy when he was I think uh when he, after he bet he beat Tim, what's his name in the UFC, and he was the oldest champion and oh, stuff right, like that. Right. Yep. Yep. So, so Randy, the rules a guy like Randy Couture had at age, for some reason, forty four is what's hitting me in the in my head. But I think it was between forty and forty four for him to be a UFC champion, and the rules he had for himself when he was twenty eight, they're completely different. different. Yeah. So it's just so so by by if he tried to have the same rule set and expectations, he's going to have what I call friction. Mm. He's not. He's going to have. Uh, he's also going to have cognitive dissonance in his head. So he's going to be expecting something that's not realistic, and he's going to be seeing that gap. And in that gap, it, it creates delays. If people have delays, then they can't trust their training. If they can't trust their training. How in the hell are they going to trust their game plan? If they can't trust their game plan, they can't let their unconscious mind take over when it's time to compete. Mm, mm. So, so they all kind of layer upon themselves. And so when I've coached high level, my teams have done very, very well. I notice something takes over, which is I stop having to ever talk about uh, motivation. I stop ever having to talk about um, fear. Like It becomes more about helping them be themselves. Right. And and at that point, so then, so what I mean by making less is, is the distractions need to go, the the cognitive dissonance needs to disappear. The the um, uh, Josh Waitskin and uh, Tim Ferriss were on on a, uh, I think it was the two of them. I don't want to screw it up, but they're on a, a call with a super high level hedge fund manager, and um, what they helped him do is they figured on, you know is how does he crush his first two hours of the day? And that was became his his tip of the spear. Mm. And then from that point on, everything else was only going to get better. And so less is more. So where maybe that guy was trying to do 18 things in the first two hours, they were like, no, you're going to have a high-protein, low-carb diet. You're going to get your uh, greens in. You're going to get your workout in. You're going to spend a little time with your family or pray, whatever your thing is. Mm -hmm. You help. I mean, because it's always individual, but there's certain commonalities, right? Right, of course. Get your, get, get, go through your checklist and your emotional state. Um, I created another audio about why I think people pay Tony Robbins a million a year 
to, and a lot of this high performance coaching stuff, Daryl, is kind of the stuff I love talking about because um, I think entrepreneurs are the same thing. Oh, is yeah. you know, you know, it's, it's all the same thing. So less is almost always more. In the case of when you start looking at high performers, right. Right, right. No, and I think you're right in the case of entrepreneurs in the same way because a lot of the stuff, it's the same. Like, I mean, for a lot of the people in the world, they just go to work, they clock in, they clock out, and as long as their work is satisfactory, you know, then they just get a paycheck and they get to go home. But when you are directly responsible for the amount of money you generate at the end of the day, every day is competition, you know, and some days you, you might not be on your game, but you're still at the competition. So I love the analogy between the two. And I think just like in athletics and business, I think it's very Shakespearean. I think that people often succumb to their own personal character flaws. I think that's why so many entrepreneurs and business people and athletes are into personal development because they'll psych themselves out. Like you said, you call it cognitive dissonance. Like, they, you know, they just, you, you, you have to. Otherwise, you're going to fall victim to your own flaws. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that's very, very, very transferable for that. I don't think there's a big difference. I think maybe one's more physical-based. But at the same time, it's still about pushing yourself. It's about grind to bring it back to what you talked about at the beginning. Yeah. So, so then just to give everyone to close the loop on that. So then what I will do there is ask them some questions like what, what would need to be most important for you to feel, you know, ultimate confidence. There was one super high level athlete that if you're, that everyone would know if I mentioned their name, who said they wanted to feel, um, it was a unique language pattern, but I, I, it was the first time I ever heard it, to be honest with you. And I, I said, wow. Because what I said was, what, would, what do you want to experience on a daily basis right. when training and getting ready for your next you know, competition? And they told me, and I said, oh, crap, that's an interesting language pattern. And I always go to language because I feel like language reveals the eyes of the soul. It's from my NLP training, my hypnosis training. And so then from that, I said, okay, well, what would need, what would need to be happening in order for you to experience that? And then when he laid it out, the fact of the matter is he could not hit that criteria mm. because just physically he couldn't like no more because of injury because of limitations because of whatever it might be and so he was screwed if he didn't change that criteria right. he was just totally screwed and so was everyone around him and so we we worked on just realigning those those rules and then creating a okay so then what can we control to create that same outcome that same that same energy directional experience mm -hmm. okay so by just realigning that you you lose friction and then now it's like okay cool i don't have to worry about that because it's gone it, that that's it's my old rules created that but now i have these new rule sets that allow me to do that um i i mean i, I another ufc contender right now who i'm talking to and, and mentoring slightly and and you know uh, again you know i mean you, you got to look at rule sets and values and see how they work together them being incrementally better at a certain thing is already going to be programmed into their game plan by their coach, right? Right. And, the, and assuming two guys are at the same level and they're doing the same game planning or something at the similar level, the guy with less friction is going to outperform. Right. So. Yep. You got to get out of your own way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I learn a lot of stuff. It's funny because 
it's so not to go into much of my own tangent, but so I'm adopted. The family I was adopted by, they're very much into 10 pin bowling and golf. But I kind of dropped out of both of those kind of as soon as I was old enough to make my own decisions. I'm just, uh, okay. I'm just into them. I'm more into like, you know, you saw me. I'm Brazilian jiu-jitsu, MMA, you know, mud run, triathlons, CrossFit. Like, you know, I'm very like an active kind of guy. But it's funny because like even just hearing you talk here and I think especially like my dad, like, you know, he is so into the psychology of the bowling and, and the golf and constantly having to step up at both of them. Like every shot you're, you're on, step up and have to clear your mind. And like almost like you said, the guy – person who has less friction will execute better because they're not going to step on their own toes. They're not going to second guess themselves. They're going to be consistent, congruent. And they're, they're kind of thinking from like their, their thinking's based in reality of where they're at. That was really, that kind of hit home for me because I hurt my back this year uh, doing back squats. I've never been a weightlifting guy and I was really putting up some big numbers and weightlifting and kind of want to see how far I could go. And then, I don't know, I was just CrossFit workout, did 25 uh, sets of reps of a back squat and the 26th one my right side gave out. But it's almost oh. like, it's like, well, it's, it's fine now. I'm, yeah. I'm back on it now, but it was almost like you said, like you're not, you're not 22 anymore. Right. And just changing the rules. It's because like you said, just even with these high level athletes, they'll perform like they're going to take care of the training. They're going to do everything that they can tactically to make the, to make their dreams a reality. And what, you know, you're saying you're the rest of what you're trying to do is make sure that their goals are based in reality, that they're actually coming from a standpoint of where they really are and that there's clarity so that they can really focus on what they need to do, that there's not anything, any static going on in their brain and also anything if they have, if they've got any sort of um, self-destructive behavior or habits to get. Those yeah. Goals. So can, can, yeah. Can I translate this over to entrepreneurship for a second? Yeah, Just yeah, now, yeah, I'll make it means. very, I'll, I'll break it down to the micro now. So, so if I'm listening to this and I'm sitting here going like, okay, guys, this is great. I, I understand. I may have some rules that are messing me up and stuff like that. Well, so then what, what you need to do is make it easy for people to have, uh, like if I, if I want you spending a thousand, 2000, 3000 bucks a day on Facebook or on advertising, that may, or I mean, dude, at one point we were doing a hundred grand a day, 120 grand a day. So that means we were spending 40 to $60,000 a day in ad spend. Right. So for you to do that, you don't start there. Right. So you don't stress out about that. And so what I would always like to say to people is like, how do you break this thing down to make it very, very easy for you to move? So how do you make, what rules would you have to create? And so if they follow the rules and how we do media buys, then you won't have to worry about losing money because, because our rules protect you. Mm -hmm. And so the question we ask is what, what are you willing to spend and to lose? And, and, or what, what are you willing to spend that if you lost it, it wouldn't affect you emotionally at all, but it would allow you to start doing the habit pattern that eventually will get you where you need to be. And so let me give you a simple example. If I'm selling a product that I'm willing to spend $20 to acquire, or I'm willing to, yeah, I can spend, our target is $20 to spend uh, to acquire a customer. The, the rule when you start your business, like when you target audiences or you target a, uh, this can be indirect, this can be in anything, right? right? The rule is, is that if I end up spending 40 bucks more, no, more than $40 and I have zero sales, I pause that ad. Right. So two times your CPA, your cost per sale or cost per action. 
for some markets, it may be three times because of the, like, if I'm selling something for, say, $10,000, and I've spent two grand and I haven't made a sale yet, I'm willing to spend two grand. Once I get to four grand, my rule would say to me, pause the ad. Because I'm going to find a target that I'm going to be consistently hitting two grand per sale. And then I'll be making my money in that target or that audience or that on that site. And so what I like saying to people is if you're learning how to run ads or you're learning something, just lay out your metrics, lay out your target, and then go ahead and run some ads with that micro uh, loss. Like you, the worst case scenario is you lose um, you lose, you know, forty dollars. And most people are going to say, oh, I, I, can, I can lose $40 100 times over. Right. All right. Well, then guess what, buddy? You just, you just gave yourself permission to run 100 tests over the next 90 days. Mm. So start. And then so if you ran a habit pattern where you tested two creatives uh, or two, uh, two landing pages or two whatever 100 times, you are going to be in a place where 99.9% of the population will never get to. So what I, yeah. So, so what, that's where the focal point needs to go in business and you don't need to be a pro at the beginning. You just need to know what is the first step towards being the pro and then build a foundation that when you rep this thing out, and you're one of the best in the world at it, you now have a skill set that will work at the next level. Like you mentioned Lloyd Irvin, right? Mm. And, and one of Lloyd's founding principles when teaching white belts is that the real world champion champions is he's designing a culture where guys are to be world champions right. at, the, at the black belt level. So he's not teaching them tricks that will only work against white belts. White belts. Yeah. You know, so it's all about where are we going? And if you take that same mentality, brother, I mean, it works for everything. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's huge and very powerful. So what has been, that's obviously something that's really helped you in your business career, in your life. What have been, well, what's one more thing? What could you say has been, like you mentioned paid media and you haven't really talked about anything else. So can you talk about paid media a little bit? Because some of the people listening, this topic has come up a few times and I get a lot of feedback from people because you've mentioned social media as well and you talked about growing fast versus growing slow so could you maybe talk a little bit about paid media versus quote-unquote organic growth which is more like word of you know like uh having affiliates mail you and and mail for you or waiting for all this inbound marketing stuff to work that you're doing and um what are kind of your opinions on that like you've talked about spending money to to buy customers is that something you feel every business has to do or is that something that you think that you know it should only be reserved for certain people yeah no i think you you should have like so if you have a business that can can benefit from virality and word of mouth then you should have a strategy that combines virality with it now, how I look at though is, where do I, where, where can I spend money in order to bump my virality? Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, so the the, th- the fact of the matter is, right? You, you can't, 
I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this without because you asked that's a big chunk question. It is a big so chunk what, question. <laughs> that's okay. That that's okay though. So so like with paid advertising, what I would suggest for everybody is pick a channel that they have a strong resonation for, based that they're that they know for a fact their competition is already killing it with. Mm. So if, if they're on, if I do, if I use Compete.com. And I use a couple of my tools, and I find out that this company's getting 60% of their traffic from Pinterest, and I'm committed to dominating this business. Well, I'm not going to go learn, um, you know, Instagram. Uh, no, I might learn Instagram because it's very similar. I, I'm not going to go learn. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go learn Twitter ads, right? right. I'm not going to go learn, learn Twitter ads when. And six other things. I'm going to go study what they're doing and try and re- reverse engineer what this company's already doing on Pinterest. Then I'll see where you know, like, so 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 I, I I'm a so then I would I'll go I'll I'll just run my system, which is I'll go buy buy any courses, I'll go study who's talking about it, I'll look on YouTube. That's kind of my system that I go through, and then I go to my mastermind groups and find out who's doing what where, and um or who's already an expert there. And then, then I, I mean, you know, people don't realize I, I, that, that there's almost nobody out there that you can't buy their time. Right. Right. So, so my secret to leapfrogging and everything I do is who's the best in this business. And, and either I'm going to, uh, I'll buy their course, I'll do whatever. And then if it makes sense, I'm, I'm in their mastermind group. I mean, if I need to buy a day of consulting, I'll buy a day of consulting, but, um, so, so that's what I do with paid consulting or with paid traffic, the micro side of it will go into each channel. So the first, first element, let's break down the strategy I'm about to get. So first strategy is where's your competitor app? How are they getting the traffic? What creatives are they using? What offer are they using? Uh, what sales funnel are they using? Uh, and I will videotape the entire funnel left to right full thing. Uh, and then I will say, hey, okay, cool. Can we replicate this? Can we do something similar? Can we make it better? But you always got to foundationally copy uh, right. what they're doing first. And I don't mean steal. I just mean make your own version of it because right. if, if you can't do that, I mean, like creativity sometimes ruins everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, I mean, that's where I'm at with that, man. I, I just think uh, – you know, and then, and then you run your ad, you have your rules, and then we see where we're at. Now, um, what I what I would say to people is that you need to have a you need to have some form of paid strategy with your business. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, your referrals end up drying up. Your your virality if everybody's doing the virality, but you're the only one boosting and pumping and spending money to accelerate your virality, then you're going to have an edge where they don't, you know? So, so I wouldn't be afraid of it. I would embrace it. You know, I love that. So let me just try and do a bit of a recap. So you said the strategy in the beginning is you use some tools like competes.com or like follow.net, some sort of online competitive analysis tool to try to break down where your competitors are getting their traffic from. You'll find 
take a look at, you know, a buddy of mine calls this the black Lamborghini test. He says he takes all the competitors in his industry, puts them out on the table, and gets rid of everyone who couldn't reasonably walk on to a car lot and get a Lamborghini today and be able to afford the payments. And then he takes that person, or you would take that person, and you take a look at their funnel, you buy all their stuff, you take a look at all of it, and you record it, make a model out of it, you know, just kind of create kind of a template, and then you go back to your team and go, hey team, this is what the black Lamborghini guy is doing, what can we do to make this better and our own? And then you launch with that with some rules that are within your comfort zone and if you know wherever the traffic source might be coming from whether if it's so you know like you said pinterest if that's really what's driving that business then you master that but you also think that paid media has a place in pretty much every business although it might be different but you still need that to kind of keep pumping things along is that correct yeah but here, here's yeah exactly and here's one other thing i just want to tell everyone for five to ten bucks a day you could be boosting posts to your your audience with good content that may have slightly a brand strategy mm-hmm. but you could also infiltrate your competitors fan bases by simply just going on any of these social platforms and buying ads mm-hmm. i mean this is this is not rocket science man i mean nope. if you want to be well known and associated with certain people just go buy ads and stick your stuff right there. But what I like doing is create enormous value. Like if people go and check out like my blog, I just give ridiculous sums of value because I believe most people hold out. So why hold out? You know, just give it away. Right. No, totally. And even like your t-shirt contest and that. And I mean, we should probably talk a bit about what you have going on now. Is that contest alive and, and well? How do people go and find out about what you have going on? What do you... What, like you said, you're launching that. You're about to launch it. Like, yeah, we're, we're hopefully we'll be live this week. But um, inspiredwear.com right. is uh, where you can go. Okay. Yeah, inspiredwear.com, and uh, yeah, I mean the contest. Hopefully, it's still there when you get there. But I think it's going to be. Right. And um, our goal is to really launch this thing out like in a, in a very aggressive way by um, by. Uh, uh, what do you call it? By giving a ton away and, and creating a ton of customers and raving fans. Like, right. that's the goal. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's huge. And that's I, I, I appreciate what you brought up about the dentist thing. Or not the dentist, sorry, about um, the dry cleaner. Because that was a, I think that's a really powerful point. Like you even saying that you're willing even to go at a loss. I mean, that's a conversation. We don't have time for that today, but a conversation versus profit versus growth. You're willing to invest in the growth of your company and potentially even take a loss to give away a ton of free stuff just to get people into the habit and routine of coming to your business and making purchases or going through the purchase process, even if it's with free credit. You're training them that way. That way, like you said, with the dry cleaner, if you can get them to come back three, four times, now they're very comfortable with you. They're very familiar and they understand how it works so that's something that um i think it's a great launch strategy i really love the virality of giving away the t-shirts and being able to give your friends free t-shirts i think that's a really smart way to do it especially with social media um i think it's going to be really 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 uh successful so i guess if anyone wants to check out how that contest is going or see what's uh, see what's new and inspired it's inspiredware.com do you have a social media page or anything as well that you're going to be using to kind of help pump the contest up yeah, so inspiredware.com is, is, you know, Instagram, check us out, hashtag ins- inspiredware, Pinterest, uh, Facebook, um, uh, let's see if I'm missing anything. I'm sure we're on Twitter or whatever else. Um, but really, I-, I would encourage everybody to kind of join the movement. Um, they can also go to edokeefshow.com and just opt in. I, I have a, a 
an opportunity that everybody can get like, you know, free supplements and free t-shirts and free business training. And, you know, we run these health intensives every about 90, 90 days showing people how to go from where they're currently at on up. And then if guys don't join the intensive, I, you know, I really don't stress that. I really, really, really want to be helping people who are in the, uh, the human performance movement, trying to help people get better. Mm-hmm. I really just want people to take stuff and go crazy with it and be uberly successful. Um, and so my philosophy on a lot of this is just give, give almost give, give like everything away. And what happens is the people who want more come and come to our intensives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, 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 um, that's my philosophy, man. Got so. it. Okay, so it's inspiredware.com and the Ed, it's Ed O'Keefe Show, E-D-O-K-E-E-F-E Show, S-H-O-W dot com. Um, yeah, Ed, is there any other way people should get in touch with you? Those are probably those are probably the best. Go to, go to edokeefeshow.com. Get on Ed's list. He's got great content, great stuff um, for sure. And if you want some free T-shirts, go check out inspiredware.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, bro. But hey, Daryl, you're doing great stuff, bro. I just want to tell you that. I mean, I've, I've been around you for a while now, and uh, uh, I just love your what you're doing. So I'm glad people are listening and, and, and tuning in. So. Thank you, Ed. That means a lot coming from you, so I definitely appreciate it. Thank you. And I appreciate your time today. I know that we've got some really good tidbits. We've got some mindset stuff. We have some actionable things that people can use in their business. We even have like a model or a system to follow for people to get something up and running and almost permission for themselves to, if they feel that some of the things they're being pushed to do or feel they have to do are too big, to, to take that small step. Like I liked what you said about your rules. You know, just keep, keep it small. Just stick to something you can you can handle to at least get the habit going because you can, you can grow a habit. Habit patterns and who you become is is the name of the game you said it perfectly that's awesome well thank you ed i appreciate you joining us for today and thank you so much for your time all right brother all right everybody have have a great one thanks so much you've reached the end of our interview now first let me thank you for listening i appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know and now i'd like to ask you a couple of questions first what three lessons did you just learn What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.